0: Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message, brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. Who's had a great week? a challenging week? Good. (laughs) Who knows it's Sunday and the word of the Lord's going to come today because God is good, not because of me but because God is good. Amen. Amen. This morning um, I'd like to speak to you and my title this morning is new wine or old wine and I want to read to you from out of the book of Luke. Um, So Luke chapter 5 verses 33 to 39. And Jesus, in this portion, is questioned about fasting. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new one makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. Mm. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But the new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. And then from the New Living Translation. I always like a comparison. Um, My go-to is the New King James, but I like to research. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one pairs Tears a piece of cloth from, an old, from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today that your word is truth, your word is life, and Father, as I bring this word today, I ask that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Father, that I would bring, Lord, the truth that you want for each one of us to receive, that each one of us will leave this place today knowing you more, understanding you more, and feeling your love to a greater degree today as you do what only you can do in our lives. We thank you and we praise you that, Lord, this is the day that you have made. We choose to rejoice in you. We choose to be glad in you this day. And we choose, Father God, to sit at your feet this morning so that you can impart to us that which we need to move forward in this season that we're about to be unfolded into, Lord God. We commit ourselves into your hands, I pray, Father God, for every person in this house And for those online, Father, that you would, Lord, Lord, plant the seeds of your word in each heart. Those words which turn seeds into fruit, which makes lives, Lord God, so transformed and conformed to you. Father, we commit it into your hands. In the precious name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen. The last two weeks we've spoken um, about Uh, forgetting those things from the past, things that are behind, those things that have the capacity to keep us bound and locked into old ways and old patterns of behaviour, those things that have the capacity to stop us from growing into the people that God wants us to be. Last week I talked about um, Isaiah 43, uh, how God says... Forgetting those things that lay behind, building from the week before, behold, I do a new thing and the new things that God wants to do in our lives and through our lives because God is creator God. And um, as as we looked at those things last week, there was just such a sense of revelation that yes, we we're on the cusp of a new season. We we're on the cusp of a new day and God is wanting to do incredible things in our lives and through our lives and through the church here at Murray Bridge and North and at Lamaru as well. So, so with that all in mind, um, you know, as I was praying about today's message, I, I felt like God saying to me, talk about the new wine talk about the new wine and what the new wine wants to do in our lives. So so let's get into the Word. Who's ready? Say you're ready. I'm ready. ready. Good. I'm ready too. Um, This is a really well-known passage of Scripture and it, it the, the parable that Jesus speaks then it follows the recruitment of Levi. Levi was the tax collector and, and he'd just become one of the disciples as well. So Jesus gathered to himself the 12 disciples over the course of time of his ministry and at this point there was a banquet being held and so the Pharisees came to him and started to talk to him about fasting and Jesus' response continues with those two short parables and um, I want to look this morning about what old wine is, what's the difference between new wine, what the difference is between old wine and then bring it into the context of how we can apply that and appropriate that in our lives today as well. So what, what does the Bible say? When the Bible talks about old wine, it's referring often to the old covenant teachings. And the new wine is the new covenant. So the Old Testament, for those who don't know, is prior to Jesus. But every book of the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus coming in the New Testament, which is the new covenant. And um, we'll talk about that a bit in a minute. But the Pharisees were were really grumbling about the fact that John the Baptist's disciples fasted, but Jesus' disciples wouldn't fast. They just ate and drank. And that's in 533. So what was Jesus trying to tell them? He gave them the parable right after this, probably to clarify what he just told them, saying, no one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And then he says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst and the skin the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed but new wine must be put into fresh wine skins and jesus point was that no one after drinking old wine would want the new wine so what does that mean He's talking about, he's referring possibly to the fact that John the Baptist's ministry was the last of the Old Testament prophets, but John the Baptist pointed to Jesus. And so, bear with me while we do this bit of theology. I just want to lay a bit of a foundation and then I want to get into how we apply that in our lives, okay? Is everybody okay? Good. So, John the Baptist, the last of the Old Testament prophets. So does the old covenant represent the old wine and Jesus the new wine? So is that a better and a new covenant? And everyone said, Yes, amen. The old covenant won't fit the mould of the new covenant because they're not the same. And it's like putting new wine into old wineskins. It's going to keep expanding because new wine ferments and it gets bubbly and it gets frothy. And if you put that into old wineskins, just like if we try to apply the new covenant of Christ and the the shed blood of Jesus for our sins and take it into the, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament, it's just going to burst. It's just going to go everywhere because that's what happens. So you can't fit the old covenant of animal sacrifices into the new one because of Jesus' once for all perfect sacrifice where he gave his life for us. And that once for all sacrifice brings to null and void every animal sacrifice in the Old Testament. It was marking a line in, in eternity saying this is where it stops and this is where Jesus as Saviour and Lord pays the price for every single one of us in this place listening online and everyone who is a not yet believer because there's only two types of people, believers and not yet believers. So Hebrews 8.6 says, Christ has obtained a ministry That is as much more excellent than the old. As the covenant he mediates is better, since it's enacted on a better promise. You see, the sacrifice that was done in the Old Testament had to be done every time someone sinned. But when Jesus came, he shed his blood for us. And so that sacrifice was done once for all time. And even though we may fall and we may sin at times, we, can, oh, we just need to go back to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you've paid the price for me. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. And God asks that we would repent of our sins, that we would turn away from our sins. But when we fall, we can go to Jesus and say, Lord, forgive me. And John, First John says, those who confess his, our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's good news. That is such good news. Because it means that though we are not perfect, we're not where we were, we're not where we're going to be. And as God does the work in us that only he can do, he brings us through day by day, week by week, line by line, you know, and the things that... Maybe I used to do last year, I don't do this year. You know, the things, and and everyone has got a story about how God is at work in your life. And he brings us to a place of absolute dependence on him, because it's all about Jesus. And as we walk in that obedience to him, he washes us and he cleanses us. And he puts his hope in us. And he creates in us a clean heart. And he renews a right spirit within us so that our thinking and the things that we do and the places we've been and the things that have happened to us, we can just hand over to God and he will just renew our spirits, renew our minds, make us brand new, help us to see things from the eternal perspective, not just that place of sometimes being a victim, sometimes that place of hurt, Sometimes that place where we can't see the wood for the trees, that God makes a way for us always. And so when Jesus went to the last Passover meal that he had with his disciples before the cross, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you, Luke 22, 20. And as such, Jesus became the guarantor. Of a better covenant, Hebrews seven twenty two. You can look these all up after if you want to. So it was long ago prophesied and repeated that in Hebrews over and over again, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. Hebrews eight eight, and it's by calling the covenant new, He has made the first one obsolete. So what's old? That's done. That's finished. But with the death of anyone. We know there's a there's a uh, a will, a last will and testament. So when Jesus died. He brought us into that New Testament time because without a death there can be no last will and testament. And so we've come into a new covenant in Jesus. And that to me is the simplest way of explaining what happened. What was back there in the Old Testament was all pointing to Jesus. When Jesus came, he paid that once and for all price for us so that we could know that life and life eternal and walk in him in the power of his spirit. So how is it better... It's better in every way because when Christ left earth, he left us with his Holy Spirit. He left us with the Comforter, the Helper, the one who is able to direct us and correct us and love on us and enfold us in his love and speak to us and show us the way. We don't have to go to another person and confess our sins. We don't have to go to a priest or a father or a minister or a pastor and say, sometimes it's really helpful to do that because sometimes it's great to be able to talk those things through with someone, but he left us with his Holy Spirit and we can boldly come through that throne of grace of and and go into that place that holiest of holies by the blood of jesus and say lord i've sinned lord i'm stuck lord i really don't know what to do here and and we have entrance into that throne room of god where we can say so boldly lord i need you lord fill me lord show me lord take me to that place where i know what my next step is going to be and he will show us you see that's what the new covenant has done that's where jesus has made the world for us, that we don't have to do all that blood sacrifice stuff. We don't have to whip ourselves and shame ourselves and do all of those things because Jesus has paid the price for us. And isn't that awesome? It is awesome because he is awesome. During the day of Pentecost, When the Holy Spirit came over the believers, they began to speak in other languages. And those who heard them speak in other languages, they accused the believers of being drunk, saying, "These men are full of new wine." I'm sure that there were women that were full of new wine as well. So, men, as in mankind, Acts two thirteen, and so that was said as an insult. These were the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the couldn't sees and the wouldn't sees, and they looked and said, "Oh, what's wrong with them? They're full. They're drunk on new wine." And sometimes people will look at us and not understanding what is happening in our lives. They don't always have that comprehension because they're not seeing from the God perspective. But they can be critical of us. Or is it only me? (laughs) They can point the finger. They don't understand where you're coming from because you step out in faith. You step out and do things that God is asking you to do, that you're declaring by faith the things that are not. You can't see what is happening in front of you, but by faith you know that God has shown you by His Spirit what He's doing and what He's going to do. And you can boldly declare that and you can stand on the promise of God because God is good. God is not a man that He should lie. In Him is no shadow of turning. So when God speaks up, into your life you know you can hold it in your heart you know that you can take it as yours you know that when those words come into your heart and when you pair them with the word of God you see the word of God will always point by the spirit of God to Jesus to God because God does not turn away from his word his word is truth his word is life So if you feel that God is showing you something, he will always confirm it through his word and in prayer by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let God show you what's happening. So when they look at you and say, drunk, drunk again. (laughs) There was a time back in the 90s when we were at Bible college where there was a move of the Holy Spirit and there were lots of things happening. And I... (sighs) We each... Speak as we find in terms of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and deals with us. But I can tell you for sure, when the Holy Spirit starts to point things out in your life and starts to deal with the hurt in your heart and starts to deal deal with the doubt and the fear and the confusion in your life, there is nothing like the power of the Spirit of God to minister to you and show you how to stand on that rock, that solid rock which makes you unshakable, Amen. He's amazing. So they might say, yes, you." they're all drunk. <laughs> yes, we are in under the influence. We're under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And that's the new wine. And it's this age of grace in the new covenant of Jesus because he's paid for it with his own blood. And it shouldn't surprise us that people don't understand because it's natural that people will believe that the old wine... Is better. They say the old is good. Wine in the Bible speaks of joy. And when Nehemiah said, The joy of the Lord is our strength, we can firmly rely on the God that we love and serve to know that no matter what our circumstances, He speaks joy into our lives. And it's a deep and abiding contentment and peace that no matter what's happening in your life, you can lift your eyes to Jesus and say, you are wonderful. I have your joy in my life. And that's partaking of the Holy Spirit and the new wine that comes when we look to Jesus. You see, we may not feel happy, but happiness is subjective, a deep, And abiding contentment in God is drinking of the new wine of his spirit and of his word every day. It's partaking of that wine, that joy that God wants us to walk in. Jesus was talking about the scribes and the Pharisees who were still living under the old covenant and thought the old is good and the new is undesirable. And that's why Jesus used that parable about putting a patch, an old patch, a new patch onto an old garment. You see, the new patch will shrink and pull away the threads that are already stretched, the garment that's older. The new and the old can't go together. And in the same way, old wineskins cannot take the stretching that new wine will cause because it will burst the wineskins and thus. And, you know, so we know that old wineskins and new wine are not compatible. But what happens if... We talk about ourselves as believers as wineskins. Do you classify yourself as a new wineskin or as an old wineskin? And if you feel you're an old wineskin and you've been around a while, you think, well, how can I get an infilling of the Spirit of God? How can I be filled? It's going to burst. The Bible says it's going to be burst." But it's in understanding that in sitting in the presence of God, in worshipping God, in praying, in being in his word, that we are immersing ourselves in the oil of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit speaks of oil. And when we are in God's presence, he fills us from the inside out and it makes us expand. Say, I am expanding. (laughs) In a good way. It makes us flexible. And it makes us, not like the rock that can be broken and cracked open, but like a reed that can sway in the in the breeze, it makes us able to adapt and adjust to our circumstances so that when we say, God, fill me today, God, show me today, and we walk into a situation that really challenges us, or we've got people that are arguing around us, or we've got people that are... Um, misunderstanding us or whatever. We can say, Lord, I need your new wine today. I need that joy. I need that completion of you. Because when we immerse ourselves and bring ourselves out of the old into the new and allow God to do that new thing, the Holy Spirit in us will show us, right, hold your ground, right, move forward, now left, now right. And he will show us, hold your tongue sometimes. Sometimes speaking more, is the worst thing you can do and I often say to my kids sometimes less is more sometimes you've got to know when to back off and you've also got to know what the fight is choose your battles know what it is that God would have you do each day but when we immerse ourselves in him and in his word and just say Lord created me that clean heart renew that right spirit within me take me back to the joy of my salvation it realigns us and it refocuses us and it takes us back to that the joy of our first love when we first gave our life to Jesus because so much of our perspective can be adapted by the things of the world and the stuff that's happening around us and we need to get back to that central point that God is all, He is in all, He is in our lives. Jesus is our Saviour and Lord and the Holy Spirit is our helper and our comforter and the one who teaches us. Because so often all of this other stuff gets in the way and we lose our joy and we become as an old wineskin that gets cracked. So you've got to get the Holy Ghost Nivea out and rub it into your soul and you've got to allow him to fill you up and you've got to allow him to work in you what only he can work in you. Amen. Others will say the old wine was better. And why? Because it's mellow. It's smooth. When you're only bound by rules and regulations, as the Old Testament was, you knew when you were out of line. There's comfort in those kind of boundaries and yet there are incredible restrictions with those two. Because if the people of the, of the Old Testament had not chosen to leave Egypt, step out over the Red Sea, step out outside of the rules and the regulations even though Jesus had not yet come, if they had not chosen to step out of their comfort zone... They would not have gone into the promised land. Israel wouldn't have been settled in that time by those people and yet God in his incredible mercy poured his spirit out and said, move now. And Moses led people out and when we are not with Jesus, we are in that place of slavery in Egypt. We're in that place where we need to come out of that old and move into the new because God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life and God is faithful. And as we listen to him and allow him to wash us and allow him to fill us daily, he will give us that motivation and a rock solid understanding that today I'm gonna to do what God wants us to what's, wants me to do, say me. Because tomorrow will take care of itself. And yesterday I can't change anyway. So no matter what yesterday has been, we choose today to walk in what God's given us. So we you know you ask yourself, well, what is God saying? What does he want you? Does he want you to have total discomfort in your life? No. He wants you to be settled within the boundaries he's placed around you. But he wants your mind, your heart, your spirit to be open to the challenge of, today I want you to do this. I want you to step out and do this. And in the power of his spirit, that new wine will empower us to do what he's called us to do. You see, God wants to do amazing things in these days. He wants to move by his spirit. He wants... As in the days of old, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And that was prophesied. And I really believe that we're coming to that time where we're going to see an outpouring of God's spirit. We're going to see, first of all, the miracles of salvation and then healing and all that goes with that. But to be those wineskins that are absolutely soaked in what God... Is pouring into us by his spirit, allows us the capacity to expand and go with the froth and go with the bubble. You see, frothy new wine can be quite distasteful to some people. Just like our enthusiasm for God sometimes can be like, get over yourself. I've had people say that to me, come on. (laughs) I know whom I've believed. And I believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I think or ask or hope because He's the God who created the universe, He's the God who created every one of us, and God's plan is perfect. So if you have someone say that to you, just pray for them in your heart, bless them in your heart. And then go away and thank God that you know what he's showing you and and you know what he wants to do in you and through you. Because every day presents another challenge. And some days we have comfortable days. Some days we don't. But God, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And through our discomfort and our stress... It's like that refining fire that God turns the heat up in us, just like when you put gold into a furnace to burn out the junk, the dross. Gold gets to a point of heat where it becomes molten and all the rubbish, the impurities in that gold will rise to the surface and then the gold jeweller or whoever is doing it can come along and scoop that dross off. The same with us. We're being refined in a fire and sometimes the heat gets turned up because God wants to allow us to see the things he wants to do in us and change is not always comfortable. But when God is orchestrating it, when God is doing it, we can trust him and we can know that if God is making those changes in us, God's never wrong. He is never wrong and we may be uncomfortable and we may be struggling with those things. But trust in God and allow him to do it. Amen. So, Ephesians 5, 17 to 19. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand will of the, what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine in the natural, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And that be filled, the verb there is present tense ongoing. It's not just a one-off event. It's be filled, be filled, be filled, be continually filled and then when you're filled, be filled again. So it's every day, every hour, every minute. Some days you need to be filled with the Spirit of God so you can move in the power of God and understand that. And it's not Pharisaical or or religious, but the people of the Spirit of God should have a zeal for the house of God and a desire to to serve God and and know him more. And if we're just baby Christians, we're just just starting our walk. But, you know, every day we know that it's not... We don't come to Jesus through those sets of rules and regulations, but it's by the freedom of the power of the Spirit of God, through repentance, that one-off act of repentance when we give our life to Jesus. And that is bringing us from out of Egypt, out of slavery, into a place of freedom, out of the old covenant where we, we could never get it right no matter what we do because there were too many rules, too many regulations. It's bringing us from out of the dark into the light. It's creating that new heart in us. It's creating that power of God, that that capacity for us to be filled with Him, so that we can indeed say, day by day, Lord, I love You. I serve You. No matter what is happening in my life, no matter what grief I go through, no matter what struggle I go through, no matter what else is happening around me, I choose this day to be full of You. I choose this day to walk in obedience to You, and I choose this day to allow You to fill me with that new wine, so that. That joy will come and that joy cannot be stolen. God fills us with that deep contentment that cannot be stolen. It can dissipate if we don't keep filling, but coming daily to Him, making your day commence with Him, opening your eyes in the morning, saying, Thank you, Jesus. Some days I wake up and say, thank you, Jesus, I even woke up this morning. Thankful, grateful, expectant. You see, in the days that we're living in, it's a journey. Day by day, we're on our way. But I know because I know because I know that in these days we're living in, he wants to amaze us. He wants to excite us. He wants to energise us. He wants to ignite us. He wants to light that fire in us so that the things of the world don't crush us. Do you know, some days you listen to the news and you walk away from it and think, Lord God, how are you going to move in this situation? And then you do a quick fill up. You say, thank you, Lord, that you've got this Thank you, Lord, that as I pray, I'm going to lift these situations to you. Thank you, Lord, that as I pray, you will move through those situations. Thank you, Lord, that as I give it over to you, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I don't carry anything that is too heavy for me because I give it to God. And we can all say that that not one of us needs to be carrying a yoke or a burden that is dragging us and keeping us locked like the shackles that would keep us locked in our past because of what we've been or done or had done to us. Thank you, Lord, that you want to expand us. And how do we do that? We need to be self-aware to the extent that we understand what's going on in our own lives. But we need to turn that self-awareness over to being God-aware. Lord, I see what you're doing through this. And even though I don't see what you're doing, I trust you. Lord, have your way. We need to be not self-centred, but Christ-centred. We need to be not self-focused, but Christ-focused, God-focused, Holy Spirit-centred. We need to be about God's agenda, not about our agenda. And we need to be building Counting the cost, like it says in Luke chapter 14, 25 to 33, about building according to the pattern of the wise man building his house. Counting the cost first and understanding that a house that's going to be built has got to have foundations. It's got to be built into the rock, built into a place that is unshakable. So we count the cost when we step out in faith in God. And then we ask ourselves, are we willing? Am I willing? Am I willing today to do what you're asking of me, Lord? Because if I'm not today, God's going to ask me again tomorrow. You see, it's wanting to do all we can for Jesus and the cause of the gospel. In Isaiah 24-7, I'm going to finish shortly. Are we going for time? The new wine fails, the vine languishes, and all the merry-hearted sigh. See, I don't want that to be the story of us. I want the vine to be deeply grafted into God. I want the fruit to be full and ripe. I want the wine that only God can give us, the joy of the Holy Spirit, the new wine. The new thing, the froth, the bubble, not just because it's new, but because God is saying this is a new season. Behold, I do a new thing. Amen. You know, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, he set his face like flint. And he started to walk down that Palm Sunday route with his face set like flint. And flint is another word for granite, rock hard, determined, fixed and focused. Because he was heading down for his final days before he went to the cross. We need to set our faces to whatever God is asking of us. Preparing our hearts to really go for it. We only get one chance. We only get one life. We don't come back in the next life as a bird or a fly. Or it, reincarnation doesn't cut it for us. <laughs> no, we get one life. We get one shot. What are we doing with it? What has the past been? Is it's been glorious? We've still got to leave the glory in the past because today's a new day, a new day. Are we loving God to the point that? It suits us, but it's not costing us anything. Something happened in our lives to put that fire out. Are we loving the church? Christ died for the church. We need to love the church with all its imperfections. The church all over the world with all its imperfections. Are we comfortable? Lots of questions. I know. But I do know this. In this part of the body of Christ, we preach the full tenet of scripture from Genesis through to Revelation. Not the favourite bits. We've all got our favourite bits. But this church will continue to preach the full gospel of Christ with all its details. We preach that Jesus is saviour, that lives will be changed, that Jesus is Lord, that he's the Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, that he's our healer, he is our deliverer and God wants his church, his glorious church that Christ died for to be so full to the measure that he pours out of his spirit that we will not get in the way of what God wants to do because of any agenda other than God's agenda for our lives. And God wants to do that new thing. And the scripture from last week, and I'm going to finish with that. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honour me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give water In the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Amazing. Moving forward. It starts with salvation. It starts with giving your life to Jesus. And then that's just the incredible beginning of a walk that is led by the Spirit of God. The old is gone. Behold, all has become brand new, no matter where you've been, what you've done, what's happened to you. Today is a new day. You can begin in Christ. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. Lord God, I just pray, Lord, any words I've spoken that are not of you, let them just fall to the ground as dust, Lord. But Father, those words I've spoken, that you've spoken through me, I thank you, Father God, that as you send forth your word, you'll accomplish what you send it to do and prosper in that which you want to work with him. Father, I pray for any in this house or online that don't know you as Heavenly Father, as Abba Father, that they don't know Jesus as Saviour and Lord and they don't know you, Holy Ghost. I pray, Father God, for those that would reach out today and say, I want what you're talking about. I'm going to pray now. Just pray this prayer after me if this, if this is your heart and you want to begin a new life in Jesus. Lord Jesus, I come to you now and I confess that I've made mistakes with my life. I confess that things have happened to me that were not my fault. But I also confess that I've done things that I'm not proud of. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to take my life and make something of me. I thank you that you are my Saviour and Lord, that you, Lord Jesus, died for me, that you paid that once-for-all price for me, that I don't have to sacrifice my life but walk in obedience to you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your blood has paid that price for me and I receive you as Saviour and Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, please get in touch with us and we would love to resource you and help you on your way. But for those of us in the house that know you, Father, I pray, Lord, today that we would be just so... Amazed at the things that you're doing and wanting to do, that we would be open, Lord God, to receive more of your spirit, that we would, for those of us who are old wine skids, just immerse ourselves in you, Lord God. Make us flexible, expand us, amaze us, ignite us, Lord God, and take us, Lord God, to this next season of what you want to do. Thank you for the new wine. I thank you, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I thank you, Lord God, that that joy That you give, no one can take. Lord God, I thank you, Father God, that you will renew us, Lord God, with the washing of the word, and you will fill us to overflowing, Lord God, so that we cannot be self-so self-focused or self-centered, but God-centered, Christ-centered, Lord God, and that we would make the main thing the main thing in our lives, understanding the potential that you've placed in each one of us, Lord God. I thank you, Father that you are the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. And I thank you today that you're the God of hope, you're the God of our salvation and you are are just so amazing. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' most wondrous name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. We'll come along to our Sunday service at 10 a.m.